This was it. The end of the road for the Padres if they weren't able to come up with a win against the Phillies on a Sunday afternoon. There have been so many incredible moments leading up to this game. Moments Padres fans will remember for the rest of their time. Being on the doorstep of the World Series isn't something that comes around very often. In San Diego, it's only happened two other times. Now, with threat of elimination being real, the nerves for all fans amped up. With the possibility of this game making the end of the Padres season, the weight of the situation was undeniable. A world championship dream hung in the balance, and the shadow of defeat loomed large over San Diego. I'm Matt Scraby, and this is 12 Games in October. After Game 2, the Padres only needed one more win to get a game back at Petco Park. I think I thought, and many others thought, the Padres would take at least one of the three games at Citizens Bank Ballpark. Reality was, the worry wasn't even about whether or not there would be another game at Petco Park. All anyone was worried about was the season being continued. The situation was filled with tension as one pitcher shouldered the immense responsibility of keeping his team's hopes alive, while the other aimed to secure a World Series berth. The pressure was felt on both sides. The memory of the intense pitcher's duel in Game 1 of the NLCS lingered, setting the stage for another showdown in Game 5. The granularity of baseball was on full display, where even the tiniest airs could be magnified by the weight of the moment. Just as the passionate fans at Petco Park had an impact, the Phillies fans, too, were expected to make their presence felt, adding an extra layer of intensity to the already charged atmosphere. Hugh Darvish would be making his fourth start of the postseason, and maybe a bad omen, but you had been 0-3 in elimination games coming into that one. In the 2022 playoffs, he had pitched up to his ace status. Coming into the game, he had gone seven innings twice and struck out 18. Won his first two games and took the L, and unfairly took the L in Game 1 when the Padres lost 2-0. Darvish was the most consistent Padres starter in the postseason, and his team knew they needed to give him some run support. The Phillies on the other side could make the argument they have one of the top three postseason pitchers with Zach Wheeler. Heading in, he had a 2-1 record, struck out 17, had given up no home runs in his three starts. And the last time the Padres faced him, he only gave up one hit across seven innings. Big Poppy's earlier statement about the Padres needing a fresh approach felt like a distant memory. Yet what he said echoed in the air, adding an extra layer of pressure to the game. All the cards were on the table, and Wheeler delivered the first pitch to Jerickson Profar at 11.38 a.m. Pacific time. As he delivers, and Jerickson Profar swings and misses at a 97-mile-an-hour fastball. Away we go. Profar would work an eight-pitch at bat, but ultimately pop out to third base. Juan Soto grounded out to first, and Manny Machado was up next. He saw eight pitches. Nine pitch of the at-bat on the way, and Manny swings and misses strike three. A 1-2-3, top of the first for Zach Wheeler. Three up, he caps it three down, but no the Padres out. made Wheeler throw 22 pitches. Yu Darvish would start the game walking Kyle Schwarber. A walk is never wanted, but what a walk it's does no, is set up this. Here's the 2-1 pitch. Hoskins swings, ground ball to the left side. Manny to his left has it, fires to second one. Cronenworth's turn is in time, and a double play. 
Leadoff walk is wiped right off the board, and that thing was not routine. It was not tailor made. With a clean slate, Darvish would take out JT Realmuto to end his own inning with a K. So far, this was high-level baseball, and we had only seen the beginning. Wheeler went from throwing 22 pitches in the first to throw just nine in the second to get Cronenworth, Bell, and Brandon Drury out in order. Darvish would face Bryce Harper and would give up a single to left. Harper on first with no outs has been bad news for the Padres in this series, but there was an element of good fortune hanging in the air. Games haven't played out that way. Castellanos first pitch swinging, a sharp grounder to short. Him to second for one, and Cronenworth's turn is in time. Another double play. That's as tailor-made as it's going to get. It had only been two innings, but things were falling the Padres' way in a series where things felt like things were on the Phillies' side. With two outs, Darvish hit Alec Bohm with a pitch and faced another runner-on-first scenario. This time, he forced Bryson Stott to end the inning. Zach Wheeler was back to being Zach Wheeler in the third. He needed 11 pitches to get through Kim, Grisham, and Nola, striking out Kim and Grisham. The bottom of the third started with two outs to Gene Segura and Brandon Marsh. Then, Darvish would face Kyle Schwarber and would pitch very carefully to him, eventually walking him. And then Schwarber would show off his wheels. Schwarber runs. The 1-0 pitch is low. Nola's throw down to second base. Not in time. Oh, he got him. What a tag by Cronenworth. I don't know how he got Schwarber diving by. Second base umpire Brian Knight emphatically saying you're out. Schwarber shaking his head no and standing on second base. Phillies appear that they're going to challenge him. It didn't look like Cronenworth was able to get off a tag there. I'll say this, looking at the replay, it's a lot closer than I thought it was in real time. In real time, I didn't think. It was really Nola's throw that almost was basically on Schwarber's back. But the Phillies didn't think he was out. Philadelphia is challenging the call of out at second base. And they were right. The call on the field is overturned. The runner is safe. Philadelphia retains their challenge. A runner in scoring position for the Phillies, and suddenly one hitter you did not want to see was Reese Hoskins, and he was up. 3-0 to Reese Hoskins who homered twice yesterday. Swings here, hits it in the air to deep left field. He has homered again. Another two-run shot. The Phils strike first. A two-run homer in the bottom of the third inning. In just one swing of the bat, Hoskins put the Phillies up in a do-or-die game, and there was no time to waste if you were the Padres. Going to the top of the fourth, Padres had the top of the order up. Profar lined out to center, and Juan Soto would step in the box with light rain falling. Soto had all of Wheeler's attention. Soto 0 for 1. He grounded out to Hoskins at first base in the first inning, and he hits this one a ton out to deep right center field. That one is way back and gone. A home run for Juan Soto. Second consecutive day that Soto goes deep, and the deficit is cut in half. Now a 2-1 game here in the fourth inning. That ball was scolded to right center. Emotions back in San Diego were on the wildest roller coaster in a long while. The annoying Hoskins home run brought darkness, and Juan Soto's demolished 439-foot shot brought light back into the lives of Padres fans everywhere. Soto's homer was the longest of the game and came at a time when every at-bat was the one that could save the season. Manny Machado grounded out, Jake Cronenworth was hit by a pitch, and with a runner on, Josh Bell had one of the worst breaks of the postseason go against him. He would hit a Zach Wheeler slider right back at Wheeler at 94 miles per hour. Wheeler tried to get out of the way, but it hit his foot and bounced back towards home plate, right into the waiting arms of JT Realmuto, and he threw a strike to first to end the top of the fourth.
a crucial juncture in the game where the Padres needed everything to go their way, an unfortunate setback at a time when you couldn't afford any. Darvish had the bottom of the fourth and would hit Castellanos to start the inning, but came right back and had no problem getting Bohm, Stott, and Segura out to get through the fourth. The Padres started the fifth with a single from Brandon Drury, but Kim, Grisham, and Nola would go down in order to strand Drury at first. Darvish and Wheeler took over, and nothing notable happened until the top of the seventh inning. The Padres were still down 2-1, to one, and it felt like they would never get a hit again. But as the innings ticked away... Mortality was becoming more and more of a reality. The rain was really falling now, and you couldn't help but think this was some sort of sign from the universe the Padres were not going to win. The rain was effectively going to rain out the Padres' parade. But something went right for the Padres to start the seventh. Jake Cronenworth would single, and that would put an end to Wheeler's dominant outing. Getting Wheeler out of the game was a break for the Padres. Wheeler went six innings, gave up three hits, two earned runs, struck out eight, and only threw 87 pitches. Sir Anthony Dominguez would now be tasked with getting through the seventh for the Phillies. With the rain falling, Dominguez threw a wild pitch and moved Cronenworth to second with no outs. And with only nine outs remaining in the season, down two to one, this was the make-or-break moment for the 2022 campaign. You had to assume there would be very few chances of the Padres having a runner in scoring position again. Josh Bell faced Dominguez, and the season at that moment was up to him. Maybe it's not the right move. 2-1, hit hard into right field. That's a base hit. Over towards the line, Castellanos can't get it. Up against the wall. Cronenworth has scored. The throw to second, not in time. And Josh Bell with an RBI double. This game is tied 2-2 here in the seventh. Big knock there for Josh Bell. Fastball, middle of the plate, laces it. In the right field, hit so hard, Castellanos couldn't even cut it off. The game was tied 2-2, two two, and Josh Bell was standing on second with no outs. This was an enormous moment in this game, so Bob Melvin chose his speedy outfielder, Jose Azokar, to run for Bell. There was nothing left to lose. Brandon Drury would strike out for the first out not allowing Azokar to third. Hassan Kim would also strike out, keeping Azokar at second. Then a gift from the baseball deities was given. Sir Anthony Dominguez was struggling with command. Ball and a strike to Grisham. Here's the pitch, and it's in the dirt, gets away, gonna go all the way to the backstop. Kim is at third, he turns, and now stops as Real Muto retrieves it. Azokar was now at third, and then Dominguez did it again. Went to second on a wild pitch by Dominguez. Scored on the bell double. Azokar has run for Josh. He's now at third after another wild pitch. Here's the 2-2 to Trent, and that one gets away. Here comes Azokar. Real Muto's throw to the plate. Not in time, and the Padres take the lead. Third wild pitch of the inning. And 3-2, San Diego in the seventh. It does not matter how you win games in the playoffs as long as you win them. Azokar sprinted home and put the Padres in the lead late in the game. You could almost feel the cheer grow up collectively in San Diego. In a do-or-die game, the Padres made it happen. And with how their pitching had been all series long, it seemed like the Padres would have a very good shot to win this game. The Padres were leading 3-2 in the bottom of the seventh. If you were a Padres fan and hadn't been pacing since the fourth inning... I would say you need to be checked out the local psychiatric ward. There's just something about playoff baseball that makes each pitch edge of your seat entertainment. I always think about that Russell Crowe moment in Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Yes. Yes, I was entertained. 
Bob Melvin elected to keep you Darvish in the game in the bottom of the seventh. Darvish was only at 85 pitches, but the weather was not getting better, and it seemed slightly risky to allow you Darvish to go another hitter. Darvish was pitching well, and he was facing the inexperienced Bryson Stott, but Stott was still a major league hitter. Three and two to Bryson Stott. Here's the pitch from Darvish, and that's lined into right field. Soto over towards the line, not going to get there. One hops up against the wall, trying for two. Soto's throw coming in, not in time. A leadoff double in the bottom of the seventh inning for Bryson Stott. Bryson Stott has been on the baseball really all game long. No luck his first couple of at-bats, but three lasers to right. This one finally falls, a leadoff double for Stott in the Phillies. A runner was now in scoring position with no outs, and Bob Melvin wasn't going to risk it anymore. He would bring in his flame-throwing setup man, Robert Suarez. Suarez had been lights out during the postseason. In his previous six postseason appearances, Suarez only gave up one run. He had only given up five hits and 25 batters faced. This was a no-brainer decision to get Suarez in there early and try and get two innings to set up Josh Hader for the save. This would be the final time we saw you, Darvish, in 2022. And he pitched as steady as anyone throughout the entire season. Yu's final box score will go down as six innings pitched, two earned runs, five Ks, while walking three on 91 pitches. He gave the offense a chance, and so far he was being rewarded for his performance. Suarez would force Segura to fly out to right. Then Brandon Marsh struck out swinging on a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. And Bomell elected to intentionally walk Kyle Schwarber, probably because he didn't want him to hit a 500-foot monster with Stott on second, and it would set up a lefty-righty matchup. The crazy part is behind Schwarber was the newest hottest hitter on the Phillies, Reese Hoskins. And if it were me, I would take my chances with Hoskins over Schwarber. While the Padres were trying to add insurance runs, the rain continued to fall and Jose Alvarado replaced Sir Anthony Dominguez. Alvarado allowed a single to Profar and walked Juan Soto with only one out, but Manny popped out and Cronenworth grounded out. Even though the Padres were up, everyone knew the bottom of the eighth was going to be stressful, and the bottom of the eighth will be remembered for a very long time. Suarez was still in the game and faced Real Muto. Oh, and two to Real Muto. The pitch is lined out to left field, and that'll get down a base hit. Profar's got to play it on one hop, a leadoff single for the Phillies in the eighth inning. The tying run is on base. Bryce Harper is coming out, and we'll wait and see what Bob Melvin decides to do. The realization of Bryce Harper being at bat was a pretty uncomfortable feeling for Padres fans. There was a multifaceted decision ahead for Bob Melvin at this juncture in the game. On one hand, Bo Mel could bring in Josh Hader in the bottom of the eighth to face Harper lefty on lefty, but then he still have to get three outs and Hader is not guaranteed in the ninth. The other option would be to stick with Suarez, a guy who has delivered the entire postseason and was really good against lefties. During the regular season, Suarez held hitters to a 181 average while giving up no home runs and 72 at-bats. Bob Melvin has not moved a muscle in that dugout. He is not going to Josh Hader. To me, Tony, that would indicate they don't want to ask this much of Hader. There's really no other reason not to go to him. They've only asked him to go more than three outs one time. And it was four outs. And it was four outs. This might be a bridge too far for Hader. In the end, Bo Mel would go with plan B, hoping to get through the inning and have Hader to close it out in the bottom of the ninth. Robert Suarez and Bryce Harper had an epic battle, consisting of seven total pitches and four foul balls. So it's Suarez against Harper, 
With a runner on first, nobody out. First pitch coming, and Harper swings and tips one into the catcher's mid strike one. Remember, he got Harper to ground into that double play in game two as this pitch misses high. One and one to Harper. Here's the pitch from Suarez. That's fouled off the catcher, Nola, and it goes to one and two. One and two to Harper, and the pitch is fouled back. One and two, pitch on the way, and that's lined the other way, but foul down the left field side. Still a ball and two strikes on Harper. One and two the count. Here's the pitch, and Harper takes low. Two balls, two strikes. Looked like he recognized that changeup and was able to spit on it. Didn't miss by much, though. Then everything changed. Suarez ready. Here's the pitch. And Harper swings, hits it in the air to deep left field. Profar is going back. He's looking up. This one's going to go. A two-run homer for Bryce Harper. And the Phillies are back in front. I tell you what, Jess. My heart fell to my stomach when Harper took that change up the pitch before. It was the perfect pitch. And he didn't flinch. This was a fastball. And Harper didn't miss it. Two-run shot. Phillies have a one-run lead. There wasn't a worse feeling in a long time for Padres fans. The hopes of keeping the series alive were effectively dead in everyone's minds. A gut punch you just don't see coming. The moment you realize it's gone and the Phillies were leading 4-3 was one of exasperation. You could handle the Phillies tying up the game, but a two-run homer is not something that's easy to process. The game just swung from being a win to only three more outs left in the Padres' season in one swing of the at-bat. As much as a kick in the gut that home run was for us fans back home, imagine being Robert Suarez knowing you just gave up that homer and you still have to get three outs. Hopefully, without giving up a run to keep it within range for the top of the ninth. And Suarez would do that, striking out Castellanos and Stott mixed in with an Alec Bohm ground out. There was a lot of conversation about Bob Melvin's decision to stick with Robert Suarez. Some said he should have managed the game like it was his last and brought in Josh Hader. And some said they didn't mind him sticking with Suarez because he had been so good throughout the postseason. Either way, we'll never know how the other side would have gone. But what we do know is that Bryce Harper put the city of Philadelphia on his back in the bottom of the eighth, leaving all the Padres fans at home feeling gutted. The magical run through the playoffs for the Padres was about to be over if they weren't able to tie the game up at the top of the ninth against David Robertson. And how fitting? Because the bottom of the Padres' order was up, the part of the order that carried more than their weight in the first two series of the playoffs. Trent Grisham alone carried the Padres in the wild card against the Mets. Hassan Kim got the hit in the seventh against the Dodgers. And Austin Nola got a crucial hit off his brother Aaron in game two. The baseball deities were either writing another redemption story or just setting up for the next chapter. Robertson pitched to the first hitter, Will Myers. Here's the 2-2 from Robertson. And Myers checks his swing, doesn't matter, strike three called. And now Will argues with the plate umpire, Quinn Walcott. That's about as demonstrative as I have ever seen Will Myers in his near decade with the Padres arguing a strike call. But there's nothing he can do, turns around, walks away, and the Padres are down to their final two outs. I think initially he said he went, but when Wolcott said that was on the pitch. Probably one of those moments where you should swing, but we don't have time to get into that right now. Brandon Jury walked with nothing really being close in the at-bat. The go-ahead run was now at home plate, with Hassan Kim securing the honors. Then some positivity was coming through, with Kim walking as well. So now runners on first and second, and only one out for Trent Grisham. 
Phillies manager Rob Thompson had seen enough from Robertson and decided to bring in starter Ranger Suarez to try and get the final two outs. Lefty on lefty, Trent Grisham dug in. Shift on the right side. Trent squares the bunt, pushes it towards the mound. Suarez will field it, sets himself, throw to first in time. Second out of the inning, but now the go-ahead run in scoring position for the Padres and the potential tying run is 90 feet away. It's hard to see your second out in the top of the ninth being sacrificed, but the Padres now have the go-ahead run on second. A hit in the gap and the Padres retake the lead and look like the Undertaker rising from the dead in that one gif. You know, the one where he comes out of the coffin. Austin Nola would have to be the guy to do it. Ranger Suarez stared in. Kim at second, Drury at third. First pitch coming. Is swung on. Popped into right field. Segura goes back. Castellanos comes in. He calls for it. He makes the catch. And the Phillies have won the 2022 pennant. Ranger Suarez comes in out of the bullpen. And Friday night starting pitcher for the Phillies gets the final two outs here in the ninth inning as Bryce Harper's two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth decides game five of this National League Championship Series. One pitch, one swing, and the season was over. The Phillies players and coaches mobbed the field as it was raining. The Padres sitting in their dugout staring out at the field wondering what could have been. Some went back to the clubhouse... Some stayed and watched the Philly celebration. Some just stared at the ground. Fans back home were also silent. As soon as that final out was caught, the feeling of magic left and floated up into the air. Confetti came down at Citizens Bank Ballpark. The pre-printed t-shirts were being given out. A hard thing to stomach for anyone who cheers for the Padres. Final totals in this one, the Phillies scored four runs on six hits with no errors. Padres scored three runs on five hits and no errors. Juan Soto had a home run for the Padres. Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper homered for the Phillies. The win went to Jose Alvarado, loss, Robert Suarez, and the save goes to Ranger Suarez. The Padres had an incredible run through the postseason, and Padres fans knew that. I just don't really think anyone was ready for it to end in Game 5. I know I felt like the Padres were going to force a game six, but it just wasn't meant to be. Now that I'm releasing this about 10 months or so after the magical run, we've all had time to think and reflect. The Padres made it further than anyone thought they could, and no one, I mean no one, thought the Padres could advance past the Dodgers. Did the Padres win a world title? No, they didn't. But I think this postseason run was one of the most exciting sporting times of my life. The world was watching San Diego and it felt big time. Even in defeat, the Padres made lifelong memories for fans. And we are going to be talking about where we were when Jake Cronenworth had the go-ahead RBIs against the Dodgers. And one day, when the Padres raised that championship trophy, all of the playoffs that ended in disappointment will be worth it. I'm Matt Scraby, and this has been 12 Games in October. 12 Games in October is a 97.3 The Fan original podcast for Odyssey. It was produced, voiced, edited, and written by me, Matt Scraby. Thanks to Adam Klug and Michael Valenzuela for helping to make this happen. You can find me on social media at Matt Scraby. Please make sure to rate, review, and tell a friend. All you need to do is tell them to search 12 Games in October in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 